to see you all. What a privilege it is to be able to encourage and celebrate the great things that Jesus continues to do minute by minute, day by day. Uh, my name is Steve Bodwell. Uh, I get the privilege to be uh, work within the youth ministry, get to take a group to Mexico. We just got back with 100 of us. What a great mission trip. What a great privilege to serve and invest in the dirt. Um, tonight, we're doing kind of our celebration. If you want to come back and hear good stories, we're doing that at 6 o'clock. We'd love to have you here. Get to lead also a small group of high school students on Wednesday nights. I also get the privilege to lead young adults at my house, 7 o'clock, or Susan at my house, 7 o'clock on Tuesday nights. Then I also get the privilege to help oversee the building with great trustees, great castle brigade, great ladies who take care of our kitchen, great man who keeps the things planted and green around here. What a privilege it is to be able to serve together as the body of Christ. Today we get to continue on in Philippians. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. Tara's going to come up and read that here in a minute. But today we get to look at Paul being in chains. Go, no, you can go on. Go on. Come on up. <laughs> I know. Come on up. Get ready to read. Yeah, I know. I know you're following directions. Bodwell's chaos. <laughs> today we get to look at, though, Paul being in chains and in prison and his attitude and his thoughts and his direction. I don't know if I'm ready to preach this today. Because it was one where I got called on Sunday, Monday last week. And I'm not sure if this is one that I'm really thrilled about because it deals with me. So as we read through this, know that God's challenging me in this game today in a good way. In a good way. Where am I find my value, worth, and meaning? So if you're able, if you'll stand with us as we read Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, <clears throat> that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. So here we are looking at Paul. Paul, we just started. And again, if you've not caught the last three sermons, uh, first two uh, Pastor Pete preached on the kind of background of Philippians, but then also the call of covenant partnership, encourage you to get to that. And then Pastor Mark last week did a great job with prayer and what that means as Paul's called to serve and care for others. Power stuff, folks. So I encourage you to catch those if you've not already. Paul's in jail. And it's not jail like we think of jail today. Okay, we're talking cold, dark, damp, and usually in a big open area where they've, pe they've got people chained to the wall so you can't move around. Okay, so he's in chains, not in his own little compartment, not with a little cell, not with a fake bed, pretty much chained. And I'm sure the food's quality that time of day too, okay, in that time of year. So here we are though with Paul's circumstances. The chains. Sometimes I have those circumstances too in different ways, shapes, and forms, don't I? 
when things don't go my way, when, I, when it doesn't go quite as Steve planned, or I even prayed for it, it didn't go the way I prayed for it, come on. Didn't go according to my plan, didn't fit into my schedule, didn't fit my desires of what I thought was right and wrong. I'm usually not too excited when it doesn't go to my benefit, am I? Now, Paul being in change, I don't think it's one of the things he was going, whoa, I'm in change, this is a great deal. I'm so excited to be in change and walked in jail, Ooh. I don't think that. Yeah, but in that situation that wasn't comfortable, when things weren't fair, weren't right, why would bad things happen to good people? When I get in that mode, I get in the woe is me. Woe is Steve, oh, this is so bad. I get into a self-pity mode. I'm not good enough. This isn't right. What's being done is not fair to me. I've been wronged. And it all becomes about Steve. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Paul had some of these same thoughts as he first got put in jail, okay, and first chained up. He's going, come on, God. I was preaching your word, Gentiles, Jews. We were setting missions. We were doing all these great things. And now you've got me locked in jail? What's that about? Come on now. I was doing all your good work. I was loving people. I was encouraging people. People were coming to Jesus because I was doing it. Don't you love those I statements and those me statements? And then God, not only that, you put me in with the low of the low and you put me in jail. I was up. I was climbing that Jewish ladder. I was, I, I was going to be a big wig in the game. And now you put me down with the nobodies. What's that about, God? Come on. So how about us? What are some of the chains of circumstances that we deal with? At work, we're not treated fairly. Not given that promotion, we probably deserve it. Come on, really, God? How about you get that call from the nursing home where your elderly parent is being taken care of and it's the 10th call in a month saying they've fallen again? Really, God, I gotta deal with that again? Your kids who you've poured your life into and invested in and showed them love and care decide to make decisions that aren't quite where you would want them to go. And maybe not even not quite where you want them to go, but would cost you money, time, and energy. That's not a fun chain. How about at school? We do all our homework. We get everything done. We did our best at our ability. And we take this test and we still get a D. Come on, really? The chain's of circumstance that hold us down, that have a tendency if we want them to and if we choose them to, to dictate who we are, where we go, and what we do in life. For me currently, there's this chain I've been walking with for a while, probably for the last two to three years. And it kind of goes along this story that happened in me, to me the last two weeks. I got the privilege, as Pastor Pete was talking about, going on the staff retreat. What a privilege to be with a great group of people. People who, who, who desire to serve Jesus Christ, to serve us as the body of Christ. They have a passion for people to grow in Christ and come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. What a privilege it was to be part of that group. A time of joy, a time of encouragement, a little dance fest now and then around dinner time. Good stuff going on there. Great stuff. Felt included, felt part of. I had to leave early Friday. <clears throat> Came home from Mexico Tuesday, Spoke at youth group Wednesday, went to staff retreat Thursday, Friday, and was doing DJ and prom on Saturday. So I had to go home and get my act together because I hadn't had much time to get my act together for prom. So I left early Friday. Here's the thoughts that went through Steve's brain. 
Because Steve struggles with value, worth, and meaning once in a while. And so here's the thought. Steve, they really didn't need you there. Why were you there anyway? You didn't really contribute that much. They've got their plan. They've got their organization. They know what they're doing. They know where they're going. You don't need to be part of that. Your input wasn't that valuable anyway. And they were making plans without you anyway. Why be there, Steve? Why be there? And as I'm driving away, I get on I-90. Then the next set goes. And these guys, let me tell you, staff did nothing to cause that. Because it all became about then I get on I-90, and most of you know I get the privilege to work and serve at Tahoma High School. I help with leadership, various functions there, and as I'm doing that, and I'm thinking all those things, Steve, why are you at the high school? They don't need you there. You just show up, cause a little chaos, make a little noise, walk in, walk out. You're really not part of the plan. You're really not part of the organization. You aren't really making a difference there. Why are you there anyway, Steve? And then as I get to the pass, the third one kicks in. As most of you know, I coach football and help the football program. I've been coaching since 86. Love that privilege to be on the football field. But here's the thoughts. Steve, you're really not part of that coaching staff. Come on, you don't bring that much. Anyway, you don't go to their meetings. You walk it on and off the field. You, you, you do a little of this, maybe teach a long snap or something, and then you walk away. And all you do on Friday nights is show up and direct the sidelines anyway. You're really not that valuable. You're not that important, Steve. And then the self-pity goes in. Woe is me, I don't have value, I don't have meaning, I don't have worth. Because you know why? Not that those people don't want to include me, not that those people don't care for me and believe in me, but I was trying to find my value, my worth, my meaning, my purpose in all three of those things. And if I'm trying to find my value, worth, and meaning in anything but Jesus Christ, it will always let me down. It will always let me down. And for the last three, four years, I know the answer, but am I living the answer, people? I know the answer, but am I living the answer of choosing to let Jesus be my ultimate hope, ultimate purpose, ultimate value, ultimate meaning? And so many times, I choose to let the chain of I don't feel included, or I feel like I don't have a part, or I don't have a role, to dictate my value, worth, and meaning instead of Jesus Christ. So many times I let something else dictate my value and my worth and my meaning instead of Jesus Christ. And he's where we find our ultimate purpose, our ultimate meaning, and our ultimate direction in life. This is why when I started reading this passage in Philippians, I was going, oh, do I really have to deal with this? And you're going to go, Steve, your chain's not that big. And I understand. Because a lot of you have got uh, some darkness going on. A lot of you have uh, illnesses going on, family issues going on. I understand that. But you know what? This is one chain that continues to haunt me. Because I make it about me and not about Jesus. I make it about me. And when I'm comfortable and when I'm okay and when I'm feeling included and when I, when I feel part of something, I notice all the I statements there. Because it's about me. And when I go about me, then it's not about Jesus, people. It's not about Jesus. And Paul reminds us in this passage, verses 12 and 13 of chapter 1. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. 
As a result, it has become clear throughout the, the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. He's not saying he's comfortable. He's not saying it's pleasant. He's not saying it's perfect. But he's saying, I'm keeping my eternal perspective on Jesus. And then it's going to be okay. Even though it's not comfortable. Even though I'm not getting good food. Even though I'm chained. Even though I'm tired. Even though I'm cold. When it's about Jesus, it changes the attitude, doesn't it? Because we have eternal perspective. We have a bigger perspective. As I'm continuing to walk through value, purpose, and meaning, God's challenging me. Am I willing to be present? Steve loves to have a goal and a purpose and a direction. And sometimes he is challenging me now. Are you willing to be present and let me use you for being present, Steve? Are you going to find value worth in me so when you're present, it's good and it's Jesus and it's eternal focused? My question number one for you today For us today, excuse me, not for you, for us. Question number one, what is the chain or circumstances keeping you from the goodness God has for you? What is the chain or circumstance that is keeping the goodness of God, keeping you from the goodness God has for you? As you can tell what mine was, where am I finding my value, purpose, me? It's pretty clear. And I'm still walking that process If you can't feel that in me, let me tell you, I'm still walking that process. But what a privilege it is to walk that process. Because God challenges me, I will give you the best when you seek after me. Doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. Doesn't mean all the pain and suffering is going to go away. God never promises that. You can't tell me Paul's going, I don't feel the chains anymore. You can't tell me he said that. But he had eternal perspective because it wasn't about the chains then anymore. It was about the privilege to serve and know the one true living God. Question number one. What is the chain of circumstance that is keeping you, keeping you from the goodness God has for you? You may not have an answer for that right now. It's okay to leave it blank. It's okay to leave that blank. Point two that I think Paul brings up, and I think it's a challenge for all of us. Pastor Pete just brought it up as he was sharing on stage, is the privilege to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. The privilege to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. All through this passage of 12 through 18, Paul's talking about proclaiming Christ, that others would know, whether it was for the right reasons or the wrong reasons, that Christ would be shown, and others would see that he's real and true. And if we've had that relationship and have that relationship with Jesus Christ, what a great privilege it is to share the good news, the good news of life, the good news of hope, the good news of purpose, the good news of joy, which we're going to come to in a minute that God brings to us, that God brings to us minute by minute, day by day. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And uh, Pastor Paul said it, but we'll say it again because it's a great verse. But you will receive power. Notice, we don't do this on our own. You will receive power, God's power, God's encouragement, God's direction. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, close, In Judea, a little farther out. Samaria, even further out. And then the remotest parts of the earth. Then we get the privilege to share the good news that's been given to us. How many people, someone shared, and I don't even want to raise their hands. How many people in this room just go through mentally? Who shared the good news with you? I had a couple. I had a couple, Alex, James. 
Roger? Wendy? And I'm sure there's some more in that brain. But who showed me that Jesus was real and Jesus was true. And what a privilege for them to do that for me, to remind me and that they can't see God work in my life because of God using them. And now we get to do the same thing for somebody else. Woo! First woo of the morning. Well, maybe second. <laughs> I guess they counted in Mexico. I was over 300. But isn't it a privilege to share the good news of life that Christ brings to us? Now, I'm not saying share the good news in a form where we take the Bible and we beat over someone's head going, God, Jesus, yeah, come to know Christ now. Because we think that's what it is to share the good news, don't we? That's not what it is. It's about sharing life. It's about reminding others there's a hope in despair that Christ can bring that we can't find anywhere else and anything else and anybody else. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, Jesus challenges us not only to share the good news, but then to teach and encourage. Did God put any limitations on what age we're supposed to go do this? Didn't see any age limits there. Did God put any limitations on how much Bible knowledge we're supposed to have? Didn't see that up there. Did God put any limitations of how many times we've been to church over our lifetime? No. He says, go make disciples. He says, go share the word of Jesus Christ. Great example for me, and who does this well, and does this consistently? Pastor Mark. What a heart. What a heart to go just share. He'll start a conversation about church at the ATM with somebody and go, hey, do you have a local church you're attending? He'll have that conversation standing in the grocery line. He'll come up to someone and say, hey, um, uh, can I pray for you? And does that consistently in all situations. He'll bring a story back for almost every day of someone he got to walk with or interact with or be encouraged by or share Jesus with. What a great example of a godly man fearing Jesus and sharing Jesus. I'm not that good. But it reminds me that I can have the opportunities if I take advantage of them. The other day, uh, before Easter, we had a few little garden projects to clean up, and a kid at Tahoma asked me, hey, I, I could use a little extra work. You got a couple extra hours. And I said, yeah, let's do it, okay, because he said he wanted to. I had stuff I could give him, and we could get her done. And uh, so we did some things at the high school, and then I brought him here to church to do some work outside. And on the way, he asked me these two pointed questions. Doesn't happen very often in Steve's life, but it was clear. Steve, why do you go to church? Steve, what's this Jesus person mean to you anyway? And I had a decision to make at that instance, didn't I? Do I give a fluff answer? Oh, church is a nice place with some good people and Jesus is a nice person. Or do I tell the story of how God's radically changed my life and why I was there in that seat with him where I should be doing construction engineering someplace else in the world, but I had the privilege to be in that seat at that time with him because of where God's placed me. I got the privilege to do the latter. 
And did he come to Jesus that day? No, but he got to hear the story of how God has radically changed me and uses me minute by minute and loves me even when I don't put him first and that he forgives me and cares for me and has a plan and a purpose in my life I can't find anywhere else but in Jesus. Folks, we got to be ready to share the good news because it's something of joy, of excitement, of energy that's brought for most of us in this room. I've been with you, have been with me for a while. You know it brings some energy to life. You know it brings some hope to life. You know Jesus brings purpose to life. Why would we want to hold that to ourselves? Why would we want to hold that to ourselves? Question number two for the morning. With words, actions, and life, who needs to hear Jesus? Who needs to hear about Jesus from you? Who needs to hear about Jesus from you? I'm going to encourage you maybe not to put a name down there unless God's really prompting you. Because I think that's a Holy Spirit leading, folks. That's a Holy Spirit leading. Who does God want you to invest in to show that he's real and true? Who does God want you to invest in so you have the, the privilege to share your story about what Christ has done in your life? What a privilege it is to share that story. And who's going to debate when, they, when you say, oh, that, that can't be true? You're going to debate that it's my story and it's true or not? No one's going to do that with you. No one's going to do that. And it's not a debate, is it? This is what Jesus has done for me. This is how he's cared for me, how he's changed me, how he's molded me. And this is why I'm different because of that. And there's a true living God I know who loves me and loves you too. We can share that story, people. We can share that story. And I encourage you, God's got someone in your life right now that we get the privilege to do that with. There's someone there. Holy Spirit wants to lead us in that direction. Third point. Paul talks about verse 18 as he ends this little chunk of passage. And it's very clear of what he's talking about. And I love it. Verse 18. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Woo! Number three. And yes, I continue to rejoice. Woo! Number four. Because he does. Paul rejoices. Paul, that's what the great thing about Philippians for me is Paul's reminding us, even though I'm in chains, even though it's not where I want to be, God can still be rejoiced because it's him living through me minute by minute, day by day. Most of you know my mom passed away in 94. But she had this thing when we were kids up in the Bodwell house. My mom was a seamstress and she sewed and made a lot of things. She's a very creative lady. And... Um, I still got this today because, and if you've seen me preach before, you know I've brought it out before. This hung above our uh, fireplace at the Bodwell House. It's made out of flannel. I think it's flannel. You could tell I'm a seamstress too, don't you? Um, and um, with this, it was hanging above the fireplace, and we were doing Bible study. It was my senior year. And the guy who was leading us looked at us, all high school students, and go, joy, what's it mean? And, you know, we're given some typical happiness, whatever other words the high school students would come up with. Okay, he goes, no, joy, what does the acronym mean? What does J-O-Y mean? And then he, told, he shared with us, Jesus, others, you. 
He said, well, we're really going to find true joy in life, true contentment in life, true value, purpose, and meaning in life. We're going to find it because it's Jesus, others, you. That's what's going to bring joy. Because circumstances aren't always going to be fun. Circumstances, if we allow our life to be dictated by circumstances, will suck joy from us instead of bring joy to us. Most of you know for Christmas, I love setting up Christmas stuff. And this one blow up of the 20 we have right now, okay, is the last one I take down. It usually sits at the corner of my driveway. So every time I drive in my driveway through a good part of January, maybe February if I'm feeling good. I've still got Christmas lights on the edge of the house. I admit it, they're still up. Um, if I come through, then it reminds me. It reminds me of the simple things of joy, Jesus, others, you. And it's such a simple concept, folks. But we get too, hold on. I get too lost in the circumstances of life and the woe is me syndrome and forget that when I keep it about Jesus, others of you, yeah, those things are gonna be tough. Yeah, those things may not be fair. Yeah, those things may not be comfortable, but you know what? When it's about Jesus, I'm gonna find my joy in him because it's him giving me the joy, not me trying to find it through circumstances. Pastor Pete in uh, Sermon 2 on Philippians said it well. And so I'm going to just quote because it brings, it's easier just to quote than to create something he did so well. Spirit-filled joy is an attitude, he stated. The fruit of the Holy Spirit can produce this type of joy. We can't produce it. It's grace that comes from the living God. It's not a mood that we muster up. Christian joy comes from prayer and prayer for others. Prayer, Jesus, others, runs a theme. Joy runs deepest when our knee, we're on our knees before God in an attitude and gratitude of prayer for what God has done in our life. It's about allowing Jesus' about allowing the Holy Spirit to live through us minute by minute, day by day. Galatians chapter 5, 23 and 24 says, but the fruit, notice one word, not the plural. The fruit of the Spirit has all these characteristics. Love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, patience, or love, joy, peace. Patience is a good word for me, forbearance. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there's no law. Notice it says nothing about us there. It's all about what God wants to give us as we open our lives to him and trust him and let him be our number one. Matthew 22, 34, 36 on it says, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. For all the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus reminds us it's that simple. We make it complicated. It's about loving God, Jesus, serving others, and then focusing on ourselves. And again, Jesus, where does he promise that all the problems are going to go away? Didn't. Where does he promise all the perfect things are going to happen in life? Every way you pray for, it's going to happen. Didn't. 
Where does he say you're going to never have illness, sickness, or death in your family? Didn't. But what he says is through me, when you allow me to live in and through you, when all those things happen, yeah, they'll be tough. Yeah, they'll hurt. Yeah, there'll be disappointment. But you'll find a joy and a contentment you can't find in anywhere else, anything else, or other person else. And that's where the joy comes from, folks. And that's where you get to go, woo! Number five. Because we get to go woo because of what Jesus brings, not because of what we do. And what a blessing that is. What a blessing that is. On your way out today, you know I'm into keepsakes. And if you've been with me long enough, you've seen these before, but it was such a perfect topic to bring these back out, sorry. Chain links. And I don't know if I even care what these represent. You don't have to claim one. It's a Bodwell thing, so if you'd like one, you can claim one. In the back, there'll be some right by the door as you leave. If you want to come up front, claim one, you can. But the question's going to be, what are you allowing? What circumstance are you allowing to chain you down right now? That's one of the points you could use for this chain. What's the circumstance that you're allowing to chain you down? And you're missing the joy that God wants to bring to us minute by minute, day by day. Mine, value, purpose, meaning. Where am I finding it? Am I finding it in Jesus or something else, someone else or some other idea? And yep, I'm working it still with the Almighty God. Maybe it's a chain to remind you that who we need to pray for and that we get the privilege to share the life of Christ with. As Paul was chained in, in prison, he was still sharing Jesus, wasn't he? Maybe that's a reminder. No matter my circumstances, I still get the privilege to share the life that God's given me. Or maybe it's the chain that I want to be chained to the true joy that only Christ can bring through his Holy Spirit. The joy that comes from serving Jesus, others, and you. Or maybe you want this to represent something else. The goal for me is I need something tangible once in a while and a reminder. So where it's going to go, uh, I have my keys. There's where it's going. To remind me when I'm fumbling through my keys trying to find the right one and I see that chain link. Am I keeping it about Jesus or am I keeping it about my circumstances? Am I finding my value, worth, and meaning in him or am I finding my value, worth, and meaning in something else? I encourage you as we go today that God wants to love us right where we're at. No matter what our chain is, no matter what our circumstance is, he wants to give us the privilege to share life, his life, with someone else. And he wants to bring us joy, a joy we can only find in him. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, thanks for being our God. Thank you that you love us so much that even in the chains of life, you want to bring us hope, value, purpose, and meaning, Jesus. Even in the chains of life, you, get the, you give us the privilege to share your love with us and that we get the privilege to share that with others. What a privilege that is, Almighty God. Help us. Holy Spirit, put on our hearts, put on our minds who we need to invest in, who we need to love, who we need to share those words that you're alive and real, Jesus, too. We just take a moment in silence and let Holy Spirit, you speak to us of who we need to do that with and for
Holy Spirit, thank you that you bring us joy that we can't find anywhere else but in you. Help us trust you for that, George. Help us trust you for that value, purpose, and meaning. Thanks again for being our God. Thank you that you love us so very, very much, Jesus. It's in your name we pray and everyone said.